BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with OCR Bunny and OCR Strong. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's uh, Pretty Mike here with BeastNet and on this episode I have with me Tammy. Uh, Tammy, um, let everyone know a little bit about who you are. Um, I didn't know it was Pretty Mike, so now, <laughs> hi Pretty Mike. Um, so I am, um, I guess professionally I'll say I'm in clinical outreach. I work in the eating disorder treatment field. So my uh, background is in clinical psychology and as a therapist. Um, so now I work in the business development space. So that's kind of the work self. But um, mm -hmm. on the other side of it, I am an athlete. I'm an athlete with a disability Um that's also recovering from an injury. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, uh, that's the, the kind of the real short brief part about me. And you can see both the girls are behind me. Now they're both back there. You got Linda Carter and who's the other one? <laughs> uh, Leela, she has one eye. So that's Leela as in Futurama, if you have seen. So. Yes. Of course, Futurama is the best. Um, my wife gets mad because I like to say the bite my shiny. I won't finish that, but yeah, you know. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so tell me a little bit what what got you into the field of eating disorders and stuff like that. Is it was something where it had a yeah. personal meaning to you, or was it just something that you chose to to go for? No, I mean, I think for a lot of the people in the field, it's kind of one or the other. Somebody maybe knew somebody, but for myself, I had an eating disorder a long time ago. Um, I also had um, a problem with alcohol a long time ago. So I've been sober since 1997. Um, That's amazing. And uh, so a long time. Thank you. And then also I needed to kind of get sober to recover from disordered eating. And then, uh, you know, several years later, I felt like it was time for me to go back to school and, and give back and um, I haven't looked back. So I do a lot of different things in the eating disorder space also. And I've seen that with other people where um, eating disorders and either alcohol or drug abuse sometimes go hand in hand. And people don't think about eating disorders. It's also a lot of up here in psychological issues. Um, I know just me, I have, you know, I, I've always said that I have a body dysmorphia. Even when I dro dropped, I went from 310 to 180 during COVID. And even when at 180, I mean, with pictures right next to from 310 to 180, and still all I saw on the 180 side was a fat guy. I, I just yeah. could not not see it. And a lot of people that have eating disorders have body dysmorphia to, you know, uh, the nth degree. And a lot of times to deal with that, they supplement that with self-medication. So I can see how, you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and to your your point, hopefully it, it's gotten better. If it hasn't, we'll talk more. But, um, you know, I think the body dysmorphia in men isn't really talked about. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because it's something that um, isn't isn't talked about as much. And especially, you know, men that are athletes as well. So, yeah. It, it is definitely one of those things I still struggle with uh, daily. I mean, I think part of it is, and I have talked to people about this before, um, when I graduated from high school, I was a hundred and I think what 50 pounds. Like I was one of those people that like, I was getting the whey protein just to try to put on weight because I was so small. You know, I would always made the joke that if I turned sideways and stuck my tongue out, I'd be a zipper. You know, I mean, I was just, I was so tiny. And then all of a sudden, as I got older and, you know, as we get older, our bodies, you know, the, the metabolism slows down and I suddenly, I without even noticing it was just all of a sudden I went from like 150 to you know up in the 200s 
And then I got injured and then it got worse. And then I got injured again and ended up, you know, like I said, up to 310. But I'm still, unless I'm back to that 150, I, I don't, I, I feel like I'm fat and I still look fat. And it's even now I, I struggle with it like daily. I mean, right now I've, because of another injury, I've, I've let myself use that as an excuse and got bigger again. And no matter what, every time I look in the mirror, I, no matter how much I lose, no matter what, I still see, you know, the, the, and it's a struggle. And I think it is definitely, like I said, they don't talk about men. Men aren't supposed to talk about that. We're not supposed to care about that. And it's like, but we do. But Very you much. do, right. And, and of course you do. And, you know, I think one of the things that I like to talk a lot about is that kind of being neutral about your body, like, right. You don't have to like how it looks right now, but mm -hmm. you can still, um, you know, I, I, body positivity used to be those, and I love the Dove ads and there's some really new and <laughs> good ones out there, but it's really, it's, it doesn't have to always be, I love my body. It's amazing. No matter what it looks like, it can just be, I don't like how it looks, or I've said, I don't like my new scar on my wrist. It's kind of scary looking, but I can mm -hmm. still, I'm, in, I'm still okay. Uh, and yeah. so being able to get to that space where you feel neutral about how you look instead of negative about how you look is takes, takes a lot of work and time and patience but you can get there yeah yeah i mean you can it's just it's one of those tough mental blocks that you have to get by yeah thanks for sharing that with me i know it's really personal and vulnerable to, to share those things so i appreciate it and i'm sure that some of your listeners will really appreciate that you said that too i'm hoping so because i mean it's one of those things i think that you know i mean mental illness in all aspects has a, a negative stigma to it and especially, you know, it really does seem to be for men. Men don't want to admit that, hey, you know, we're not, you know, especially my generation. I think my generation is like the tipping point. The generation before mine, you know, the the older generation, because I'm 45. So the generation before mine was probably more of that, like, they just did not have feelings. So we were raised by, and my dad's a lot older too. So my dad's actually older than my wife's grandfather. It's a weird thing. But my dad's, my dad was my age when I was born. So, um, so I mean, he's even older. So I was raised with that idea that you just men don't have feelings. We don't, we don't show feelings. Like the only feeling that a man shows is anger pretty much. And that's like the only thing I remember. Yeah. They didn't say that, but that's just what, you know, the way you, you portrayed it. But my generation seemed to start to get a little away from that, but it's really the, the younger generation that's kind of really broke the mold. So I think really people my age yeah. and older, just we have a struggle of admitting that, hey, we, this bothers us. We have mental issues with this and they just, no, people don't want to admit it. Um, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. I, I'm a few years older than you, but yeah, I, I completely agree with that uh, as well. And so, you know, hopefully as we continue to talk about it, right, it breaks down that stigma a little bit, but, uh, but it's definitely harder for um, for men and, and of course for our generation um, as well. I, I also teach um, an eating disorder psychology class and one of my students last semester had said, um, yeah, well, you know, my my dad just seems pretty old school. I don't think he really understands the whole mental health stuff. And I'm assuming it was an older generation. And I asked, I said, how old is your dad? And she said, 45. I was like, oh, okay, your, your dad's younger than me. It just is, we're all kind of still kind of stuck in that, so. Yeah, it is yeah. very much so. I did... Um... I'm in, I'm in safety. Uh, I'm a, I, I work in safety for, you know, like OSHA type stuff. Um, but my background is mainly construction safety. Um, I just kind of stepped out of that. And now I'm working for a, a pesticide plant. They actually make pesticides, stuff like that. So it's more environmental. 
But um, when I was still in Washington, I actually worked with a, an amazing lady named Mandy Kime who worked for the uh, AGC. And she and a few other people wrote a program talking about mental health in construction workers. And, you know, the suicide rates in construction workers and everything like that and trying to break that stigma. So I actually, amazingly, I was able to present at the governor's conference on mental health and construction safety wow. and stuff like and construction. And so, I mean, it was a really eye opening to see what, you know, especially like in the, the construction field, because a lot of construction workers are ex-military, you know, they step out of that and that construction is such a manly you know, and I, and I say that in a way, but you know what I mean? It's a very, it's still very man driven. I mean, there's more and more women in the trades, which I think is amazing, but it's still very dominated by men. And there's still that manly, like manly man attitude of, Oh, you know, leave your, leave your crap at the door. And it's like, that doesn't work that way. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't work that way. Wow. That's really cool that you're able to do that. Love that. It's one of those things that I I miss um, stepping out of the role that I was in, but uh, I kind of wanted a different avenue for a bit to get more experience in other areas. But it's, you know, it was very interesting to be able to go down that. And I've done like uh, mental health first aid is a program that I've taken a couple of times and done like that and stuff like that. So it's something that I've really been interested in because it's something I just never thought about. I just never thought about, you know, the, the, how much, mental health affects the rest of your life i mean it affects all of your life right yeah Yeah. it does absolutely you know and like you were saying i mean the the idea of how like mental health and eating disorders mental health and everything else and mental health the the eating disorder causing more mental health issues that lead to the drinking or the alcohol abuse or you know drug abuse and other stuff like that and how it can kind of snowball into some really bad areas yeah, absolutely. I mean, there it's all it's all connected. Absolutely. Yeah. So sorry, I kind of hijacked you there for a minute because it just yeah, uh, it was it's all good. it was an I avenue that I you know I've I'm very passionate about just because I, I yeah, I've known great. I've known people who've taken their own life you know and, and died from suicide. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of one of those things that you know once you start talking mental health to me, it's a huge. I mean, it's huge what it can do. You know, and it's just people need to understand it more, you know, and it's, they, they need to, un- yeah, they, I think they need to understand it more. They need to know that it's okay to talk about it. Um, I think that, you know, again, the more you keep talking about it and that's why I, you know, that's why I do what I do and, and, you know, take any opportunity I, I can also to, to talk about it as well. You know, I, um, we did a story, um, send me the video. <laughs> I think I might've posted on Facebook, a video, um, I'm almost five years post out for my spine fusion surgeries. And um, it was the bone growth stimulator company and they were absolutely wonderful to me. Um, but in telling my story, I said, if you're going to tell my story, you need to tell the mental health part of it because, um, you know, that's critical um, for so mm-hmm. many reasons, right? Because then you get into, you were mentioning injuries, when you get into sports injury, chronic illness, there's a whole other uh, mental aspect of that as well. Um, which I just presented at a conference a few weeks ago about that. So I, I could also get on my soapbox about that. Um, there's just a, such a big um, mental component to it that we need to just, we need to talk about. There, there is, there is a huge mental component when it comes to doing, I mean, I, I'm guessing if you've done OCRs and that, you know, you're in that, yeah. that realm, when you do these OCRs, I mean, there's a huge, a lot of this, um, there's probably air afterwards, but I'm actually this weekend, I'm doing uh, uh, the ultra 
the Dallas Ultra for Spartan Ultra. I was supposed to do that. I'm doing it with I... um, more heart than scars, and we're taking okay. a a lady through who has some back injuries and stuff like that, and who wouldn't be able to do it otherwise. So I love that. And that's kind of one of those things is, I mean, I, I get it because I've been there like when I, seven years ago, I shattered my left foot, like shattered, broke all five metacarsals, bent it in half, basically. I mean, it, it wasn't good. Uh, and, and I was in the middle of my, my fitness journey. And a lot of people don't understand how mentally that broke me at that time, because I was right in the middle of getting back the shape that I wanted to be in. And I had that whole thing. And then all of a sudden it was just in an instant taken away from me. And that's when I went from, I mean, at that point, I mean, when I got injured, I think I was about 220. And then by the time I, you know, everything was said and done, I was 310. And it's like the mental part, the, the depression that it threw me into, because now I can't, I can't run. Everything was taken from me, you know, and I, looking back, there's things I could have done otherwise, but it was just mentally the second that foot and I knew it, the second it broke, I knew it was done. Um, I was done. My brain shut down, said, Oh, there it goes. There went everything I worked for is gone. And I think that's what a lot of people don't get is a lot of times when you have a massive injury like that, um, it just takes mentally so much from you. And then yeah. everyone's like, oh, all you have to do is just get up and work. Just get up. You could do this. You can do that. Just be happy and be, but it's not that easy. It's like mentally. I mean, like I said, it, it took me into probably the darkest place my brain has ever been because like I said, it took everything. But then on the outside, you can't let anyone know that. You and can't or was, can you, right? You, I mean, you can, yes. But yeah. in my brain, that was the yeah. thing. I, I was broken, but I can't let anyone know. I, I, I'm a man. You know, I can't show weakness. You know, I have to, you know, show that I'm still okay and everything like that. And a lot of people, like I do comedy on the for fun. That's kind of one of my hobbies. And it's my therapy. And there's a lot of things I talk about in that where it's like, that's my way mentally of working through it. And that was my way of talking about it without talking about it. You That's know, awesome and, though. All right. Now I have to check out your comedy. <laughs> it's not PC. I'll tell you that. Uh, That's okay. <laughs> but uh, if you do OCR, it, nothing's PC. So <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's like, we always had a saying what happens under the dunk wall stays under the dunk wall. So, <laughs> but uh so it's just one of those things like, you know, mentally, and that's one of when I, when I started this podcast, it was a lot about talking about, you know, at first it was just talking about doing OCRs and everything else. And then when me and Don really started looking into it, it's like the OCR is great, but maybe we need to start talking about some of this other stuff, the mental stuff, the, the, yeah. the getting into shape and what you need to do. And the fact that just because you, you tell someone to be happy and do whatever it's, it doesn't fix it. So no. there's a lot more upstairs that we have to work on. Yeah, there's, there's so much. So my, um, so I, my first OCR was about two years after my spine fusion. Everyone mm -hmm. asked me why I got into it. And I was like, I don't, I really don't know. It just, I, I'd been doing triathlon for, for a number of years. And uh, because of my spine stuff, I wasn't able to ride a bike anymore. And, um, and so I went to an OCR gym in Maryland and um, beat myself up really bad when I went there. And 
bought a, a pair of trail shoes and it was, you know, September of 2020. So I got an email, the race was still on. It was Savage, Maryland. And um, it was, uh, I met this really awesome woman on course who actually is a trainer at my gym. Um, she's a coach there and she, you know, as we do on course, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this thing. It was Olympus. She's like, let's do it. And so, um, I found her on one of the groups afterwards. And again, we, um, you know, I've been training there ever since. Um, so for me, um, but to relate it back to sports injury, I'll get there in a second. But when okay. I um, would hear, when I would hear people talk about their sports injuries and they would, when I was going through, so my spine fusion, I had um, three surgeries over two separate days. They went in through my stomach, my ribs, my spine. Um, and I was in the hospital for about a week and it was a very long recovery. Um, I have scoliosis and then my spine had just degenerated to the point where I was tripping when I walked and my pain was, you know, terrible. Um, and it, there was nothing, there was nothing we could do to fix it, but do the surgery. So, uh, I would hear from friends that like, kind of like, you know, like I had this awful sports injury and it really, and I would just like roll my eyes sometimes like, you don't, you don't understand. I've, I've grown up with this and this is my third surgery on my spine and um, and then, and then this, you probably can't see my scar because it's bright in here. Um, and then Palmerton this year happened. Um, and what I went through mentally after that injury, um, I was like, oh, this is the same. This is the same um, experience mentally as it was going through my spine surgery. So um, not that the universe wanted me to break my wrist and my clavicle, um, but um, I realized that it's really the same. And then I can, you know, um, there's a lot of great books on sports injury psychology that I can quote to, to you, but, um, you know, my, um, there was no, I'll say this, um, to Joe DeSena can hear this if he wants to, there was nothing under the, the obstacle. There was no mat, no nothing. And it was a uh, beater. So when I fell, um, my wrist was broken in four places. Um, so I had surgery the next morning and I guess my wrist was so bad that we didn't realize I had a clavicle fracture until about a month later when I was like, why does my shoulder still hurt? Um, so We'll see what my sports medicine doctor says on Friday. Um, so that's healing slowly. So it's been a really um, long recovery process. And, uh, you know, I have an amazing PT. Um, I'm lucky that my OCR friends have come over because my I couldn't open a Gatorade bottle for like six weeks. And, uh, you know, living, living alone makes everything more complicated too. So yeah. it was a really um, humbling, um, but it was that really same experience of, you know, I call it like the, the post-traumatic stress stuff, right? That like anger, mood swings, not sleeping, um, depression. It was really um, mentally tough. It's been really mentally tough. Um, and I, you know, kind of coming, swinging out of it, although my sleep is still terrible because my wrist is, my wrist, my left wrist and my right clavicle. So, uh, right, so, so I reached really out on, yeah, I can't get comfortable, so I can't sleep. Um, and I had actually posted something on one of the, there's a, a Spartan Women's Strong group. So I don't think you're on it because yeah. it's a women's group. For, um, but I posted something um, a while back and I said, uh, is anyone experiencing this? Because I had this break, this surgery, I'm super limited. Even now I can't lift more than five pounds. And so I, mean, I do have a cat that's 22 pounds, but um, I try not to lift him, but, um, so I can't lift that much weight. And, you know, I still, I actually just went, went to OCR class. I've, I've been going the whole time. Um, even though I can't do a whole lot, um, I still show up because it's, it helps me to be around my people. 
Um, but I posted something. I was like, does anyone else experience this? I feel like I'm kind of going crazy. And I signed up for the Dallas Beast, right? That was supposed to be my first beast. And so I'm deferring. So I will be there next year. Um, but it really, you know, it went from, like you said, I was training really hard and I kept saying to myself, I just want to go back to the morning of July 15th and feel the way I felt. I felt yeah. strong. I felt good. Um, and then, you know, then you're in an ambulance on the way to the hospital and, um, you know, everything has changed, right? Work, work had changed. Um, that's a whole other story, but work, work had changed for me. That was really challenging. Um, you know, and again, I just, you know, having to have, uh, I was no stranger to having surgery, but, um, you know, everything I'd worked for. And of course I couldn't even run, right. You can't run with fractures. I can now. And so I think a lot of us do this. I sign up for races to motivate me to train. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, I'm doing a half marathon, um, November 12th, um, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, and I, cause I started showing up to track practice with this running group and just walking around the track with my arm in the sling, um, and then when I could start jogging again, I started running with them and they're all training for a marathon. So I signed up for the half. So I'm grateful that I can do that, um, but I can't do a lot of other things. So it really shifts your whole life when something like that happens. Um, and nobody really gets how you feel unless they've, like I had not broken, I had my spine fused, right? But I'd never broken a bone. You know, like you said, you know, in the instant I reached over and grabbed my wrist and I was like, that's it's not where that's supposed to be, you know? Um, and uh and then you're, and I didn't get my medal. I don't care, but I kind of care because I'm really proud of my effort that day. Have you done Palmerton? No, you're I haven't done that one. California, right? No, I'm in okay. Texas. Oh, you're in Texas. Why do I think you're in California? Um, I was in Washington so, until a month ago, but now I'm in Texas. So. Okay. So Palmerton is one of the mountain races. So you kind mm -hmm. of go up and down the mountain twice. So I was like, I'm really proud of my effort. And now I, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, right? It's that fear of the unknown now. I mean, in my gym, we have those ginormous mats. So if you fall from the sky and you landed on this thing, you'd be fine. So I think once I'm allowed to do, to try, um, I don't know, we'll see, right? I think I'm going to be scared. And, and I didn't think that's the toughest part. I mean, that was one thing for me um, after I broke my foot because I was working so hard. I mean, because there's been a couple of times I've started running. Um, in like 2010, I started when it was my first time I really started running. Um, and I was in the middle of a half marathon and my knee blew. Oh uh, like just popped. I mean, it was, and of course this is where it comes in that I'm a complete moron. Um, I just kept going. I just kept going, you know, and my knee kept trying to like give out as I'm running. I'm like, Oh, it'll be fine. I'll, I'll just finish the, this and then I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll rest it for a couple of weeks and it'll be good. And then I go to the hospital, I, like the doctor, like the next week. And they're like, you're an idiot. You know, <laughs> like if you would have stopped when it first popped, you probably would have been okay. But the fact that you kept going, you've done major damage. So it was, I think wow. almost two years before I could like fully run again because of it. Um, but then, you know, you kind of, you, you train so hard to get there, but then when something like that happens, it's so hard for me sometimes to say, okay, you need to stop. And that's where I've made mistakes. I did after breaking my foot, I got the weight down. The last time I did the Dallas Ultra, I actually did it with a broken rib. I broke my rib two weeks before at the Tough Mudder and I went anyway and did it. And it was probably the dumbest thing I've done. I mean, I finished it, but Okay, we won't say the dumbest. I did do Hawaii with my foot in a boot, but that was a whole nother, <laughs> that was another issue. But I have a problem because that's my biggest worry. If I don't have a race and I'm not training for something, I go into a slump. 
And then I yeah. think that was my biggest problem when I hit 310. I went into a slump and then it was like, well, why try why train again? Because this is the second time I've trained really hard and then had an injury just completely wipe me out and take me out of it all. You know, and that's my biggest worry. And as you get older, it's harder and harder to come back from injuries. Cause like now I'm about 230 because I crashed on the Ironman last year and dislocated my shoulder and hurt my knee. And it was just like, you know, it was my own fault. I, yeah, but, <laughs> but still, it was just one of those things. It was, I pushed too hard. I did race after race. I did way too much last year where I should have backed off and just focused on like one or two bigger races. I did like back to back to back to back weekends. And by the time I hit Ironman, my body was wrecked and I went for it anyway. And I ended up wrecking because of it, because I just couldn't. And when I went down, I, my knee, my knee and my shoulder hit first. And when my shoulder hit it dislocated. And cause once again, I'm dumb. I popped my shoulder back in you know, push my bike over to the side, fix the, the, the things I thought were wrong with it and kept going. Um, and it was about mile 20 and I kept feeling like something was wrong. I mean, you've done triathlon, so you understand, yeah. you know, when something's not right yeah. and I couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, dang it. And I just could not figure out what was wrong with the bike. And when I came in, I was six minutes past the cut. So I couldn't even ah, finish the run, terrible. which it's probably actually the best thing because my knee was by the time, once I got off the bike, I couldn't walk. Like the only thing keeping my like knee. Okay. Was the fact that I was, you know, stra strapped into the, the pedals. But once I took stepped off the bike, I could, I could barely walk, but, uh, I, I bent the back brake. So it was rubbing. Oh my gosh. So that, that's why I couldn't, what was wrong, but I couldn't figure it out. So, but it, yeah, so it slowed me down big time, but, and it's just one of those things. I mean, if I had hadn't pushed so hard and focused, like I should have on the one race and I have a, a one of my friends, Megan, that I talked to a lot on here and she's told me repeatedly, stop going for multiples, focus on the big one. And that was my problem last year. I did cause I did what Seattle or no Hawaii like the full trifecta weekend the next weekend i think it was seattle or it might have been the other wow. way around and then i had a triathlon the weekend after that and then the iron man that's a lot i mean i first of all i am always amazed that you guys that do the trifecta weekends like i was going to do a trifecta year this year i did my sprint palmerton was my super and of course dallas is going to be my beast but um, you know, I have a, one of my good friends that I race with, I met her through triathlon and, um, I don't do that, do triathlon anymore, but it's hard to do both sports. Cause there's so much training involved in both mm -hmm. that it's so hard. Um, last year I did way too many races also. Um, so this year I was being strategic and then, you know, the universe yeah. had other plans, but it's, you know, it, um, I'm going to challenge you pretty much to stop calling yourself dumb. <laughs> <laughs> be nice to okay. yourself yes um positive self-talk uh my coach always says he's a you know um it just didn't go as planned right it didn't yeah. go as planned but it uh, and it sucks but it doesn't you know I think we we find the sport or I would say that the sport finds us for a lot of different reasons you know the um there's something really awesome about being able to, I don't know, like when I learned to climb a rope for the first time and when you tackle something for the first time or when you're all beat up in a race and you finally get to jump over that fire and you're done, mm -hmm. right? There's just something intangible that you, there are no words for that we feel and that's why we do it, right? You're drawn yeah. to it. Um, so Very much. 
it would have been nice if you know because if uh it, we were drawn to an easy sport maybe <laughs> but um yes. you know it's just part of who we are so now it's kind of the how do you how do you rebuild and um work through the fear and um decide what you you know i definitely have that fear as i'm saying i'm gonna defer to the beast for next year well uh, i don't know um and part of me says, I won't try beat her again, but I will try it again because I was mm -hmm. reaching for the bell and I don't know what happened. The bar was wet. I have no idea, but I know I can do it. So, um, but that, that fear is there. And I think that's, that's the obstacle now, right? That fear. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's part of the obstacle now is that the fear. And then just, um, you know, tonight when we, there, we go through the course. I'm like, okay, well, I can't do most of it. Um, so I do a lot of lower body and I'm like my little tiny baby biceps I have right now. I, I was so strong. And now when I, I, when I curl my little five pound weight that I'm allowed to curl, it's so hard, but, um, I'll get stronger again and you will too. Right. And we'll be back out yeah. there. And, um, yeah, I would love to race with more than scar. They, I, I, I know some, uh, several people on the team and, um, love so much about that. Um, and just is so much of who I am. So they're a great group. And that's one of the things, I mean, it's when I first started, even when I was like at my biggest, I was still doing races at 310. Um, and one of the biggest joys I always had was helping friends get through. Uh, one of my favorite, you know, memories is doing uh, Montana in I think 2016. And when we started, one of my friends rolled her ankle and then another friend like hurt her hip. And we were like, okay, what do we do? And they're like, let's just keep going. And we kept going and kept going. And then we picked up another friend who was just like mentally gone. Like she pretty much giggled at us and just stared at the ground and shuffled. <laughs> and that was it for, because her mind was just, I mean, cause I don't know if you, Montana is like a lot like Palmerton up and down the side of a mountain for, for yeah. forever. And we we're on the beast and we ended up being last. We were the last ones on the course and Steve Hammond caught up to us. And I remember one of my friends, Stevie looks at him and says, you can do whatever you want, but you're not taking us off this mountain. We're finishing this. And he's like, that's a good attitude because everyone behind you quit. So let's go. And he nice. went with us and kept us going. And it was just one of those things that we were, I think we we're out there for 13 hours on wow. a beast. It was brutal. It was horrible. Um, and I mean, in all reality, my friends point out multiple times, they're like, you're the one of us that's still okay. You could just go. And I'm like, you know. We started this together. We're finishing it together. Let's go. And, you know, we just kind of kept trudging along and we did it. And I mean, that was the best feeling I ever had. You know, I could have got first. Not that I could have. I'm not that good. But if I had the choice, get first or stay back and help someone who wouldn't be able to finish if I didn't, I'm staying back. I mean, the first isn't that important to me. The, the podium isn't that important. It's the it's always been about the community help the others. Yeah. I love that you said that, you know, that's, that's why that's what, that's what drew me to OCR, right? I, I meet Whitney on uh, Colossus and she could have easily pulled me over by the way, but I'd never had somebody pull me over a wall. So I was a little scared, but um, you know, that's what brought me and then showing up to, you know, for training and everyone's all abilities and sizes. And the first time you do something like Goose, I like you, everyone cheers for you. We take a video and um, there's just always so much support. Um, and even through injury, right through this injury and, and the tough times, um, your team is there, right? That's what um, I think that's what people don't see. I'm like, I'm not a gym rat, although it's not a terrible thing to call someone. No. I just love the community so much. Um, they've just been, we lift each other up literally and figuratively yeah. 
and even on on course you know just um other sports don't do that you know yeah. we got to the top of the mountain that second time I just didn't have it in me to go over the wall and I don't usually let somebody help me over a wall but I was like yeah we're, we were all humbled by this mountain today and sure I will gladly take a you know uh help over the wall and um and the, the OCR handshake, you know, we learn what that is early on, you mm -hmm. know? Um, yeah, it's just, just, a uh, an amazing community to be a part of. Right. It is. And I mean, it's one thing that's funny. Like, uh, like I said, I moved to Texas. I I'm down in Conroe, Texas now. And what's funny is one of my best friends down here, Jamie, uh, me and her met on the, the ultra in Dallas because we just, we were about the same pace. And we kept running into the same obstacles. And there was one of them, I think it was Stairway to Sparta. And Jamie's only like 5'2". <laughs> so Stairway to Sparta, she couldn't reach. So she's like, can you just give me a hand? I'm like, sure, why not? You know, gave her a hand. And then after that, we just kind of stuck together. And for, you know, whatever, 25 miles, we were right there next to each other, helping each other and became really good friends. So she's like my, yeah, I call her my sucker sister. So she's my sucker sister down here. And. You know, I had, when I was still in Washington, I had my, you know, a couple of software brothers, as I called them, Brian Kays and Don Boggs. I mean, we did everything. We'd do a bunch of workouts and with Brian, it was like, Hey, just show up here and bring this. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like a really weird combination to bring, but okay. You know, and we did some really, yeah. Like there was one day he said, okay, come here, but bring your, you know, bring your wetsuit and your trail shoes. What's mm -hmm. trail shoes, you know, and, right. and goggles. And I'm like, and you know, the swim, swim boo. He's like, bring your swim stuff and, and trail shoes. And I'm like, so we Nick literally were you next terror race. Basically we were, we just went into the lake and we swam from one part to another and then ran back and then swam and ran back. So, I mean, we were doing, you know, a, basically a duathlon just in, in laps. And it was like, well, this is really weird, but it was a great workout. And I mean, it was just. Sounds amazing. Yeah. You find and see you're, you're definitely my people because you're like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. sounds amazing. <laughs> Most people are like, that sounds stupid. <laughs> it's like, no, that's Don't awesome. Don't sign me up for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it works yeah. out good because I'm doing like world's toughest soon. And I'm like, you know, that's not a bad because the world's toughest at night. A lot of us are going to be wearing wetsuits to stay warm. And now I know yeah. I can run in that wetsuit because I've done it. You know. Wow. Where where is world's toughest? It's in Dallas. It so, is in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. I was still gonna go to Dallas, even though I'm not racing and but I figured um traveling right now is still even challenging just because I can't like lifting suitcase and stuff. So I figured yep. I would visit town. I have a lot of friends in the area. So um, I figured I'd visit Dallas again, uh, when, when I'm a little bit more able, there's also a really cool, um, adaptive, um, fitness gym, um, that works with, um, athletes with disabilities in the Dallas area. Dallas has a lot of gyms. Texas has a lot yeah. of gyms. I, I, that's yeah. one of the things I got to find because I'm in Houston. Well, the Houston area, um, I'm in Conroe, but I, I'm in the Houston area and I want to find, you know, some of the, the OCR gyms, but a lot of the stuff here, you don't even need to have an OCR gym. I have during COVID, I built my own gym in my garage. So I have, I brought most of it with me. So once I get all the stuff out of the garage, because once we moved in, I just kind of threw everything in the garage. I'm still trying to set up the studio. All I've got is like my one poster behind me and my, my computer. And that's about it. So nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, then next year, um, we'll have to do the beast together. Cause I'm yeah. going to, I emailed them today. I was like, cause you, you, you're only allowed to defer like up until the day of the race, but I'm like, it's not showing up yet for 2024. So 
Yeah. That'll be just a couple of months before I turn 50 next year, next December. Mm -hmm. So I figured that'll be like a big race that I'll do for, for 50, but, um, see so if your birthday's, if your birthday's in December, you should do Florida for your birthday. Well, that's what some other people, I've never done Florida either. So is Florida I haven't either, better than okay. I haven't. So I, I want to, I, my buddy keeps trying to talk to me because actually the, like this year, Florida's on my birthday. Oh, wait, your birth, what day is your birthday? The second. December. Okay. I'm the 17th. So, all right. Well then maybe I'll ask them if I can defer it till, till next December. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. Big yeah. And I mean, yeah, Florida's supposed to be, it's swampy from what I hear, but it's, it's warm. It's still 80 degrees in Florida in December. So I overheat so easily. My coach did it last year and he said there was like, um, like a bowl on course that was like, that chased people. <laughs> well, that sounds fun. Hawaii sounds had amazing. that one year. Hawaii had that one year <laughs> where there was like an entire, like, we had to stop until staff came and was able to move the like herd off the trail. Cause we That's couldn't crazy. go forward. Cause every time we started to go forward, there was a bull that was like going after the racer. So it's like, Nope, we had to wait for Yeah, Hawaii is amazing. If you ever get a chance to do that one, but I will tell you the Hawaii beast, the Hawaii beast is a true beast. Wow. Okay. It is I'm brutal. In. I mean, it's brutal. It's probably that in Montana are probably the two hardest beasts I've ever done. And I would put them above the Dallas ultra. Wow. Because okay. it's just no. the the Hawaii beast, you're literally climbing up the side of a hill, like pulling yourself up by the roots and everything like that going up a hill. It's insane. And you That's don't think intense. about it. It is. No, I mean, the second mountain climb at Palmerton, the first one uh, was what they did for the sprint last year. Um, but the second mountain climb, I actually was bear crawling quite a bit um, because it was so steep. It was easier to bear crawl than actually like hike. But that yeah. sounds intense. I think you go um, up, it's like 900 feet, almost like straight up the, straight up the side of it. Because it's like you, I mean, have you seen pictures of Hawaii where they have like the big, huge, yeah. you're going straight up and over one of those. Wow. I mean, it's insane. And yet, and yet I'm like, well, that sounds amazing. Let's just, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> Oh, it is. And the views, though, it's one of those things. And see, I don't know, because it sounds like they may have lost that venue. So I don't know where they're going to be next if they go back, because this year they were they canceled it. But I've done it. I did it that venue like five times. And it was where they filmed Jurassic Park and all that. So they still had some of the stuff out there and you could like, you know, see some of the props and stuff. So it was pretty cool. I mean, it was gorgeous because you'd think you were going to die. And then you'd walk around a corner and all of a sudden you would see the view and you're like, well, I died. I'm in heaven. This is it. Exactly. You know, yeah. So. Um, do you do other other races or are you kind of, I know some people only do Spartans or do you do other, well, you're doing I, the, I, the toughest. I am doing the, the world's toughest, but that one's with more heart than scars too. So, but um, the biggest problem we had is like, like I said, I just moved to Texas in Washington. We got Tough Mudder and we got Spartan and that was it. Okay. Um, for a while we got Warrior and then of course that went away. Um. And then you would get train race, but train race isn't that great, but we didn't get like rugged maniac went to Portland, but not to Seattle. Hmm. Um, they used to go to Seattle, but they stopped. Um, the biggest problem we just have is that, and part of the two is in Seattle, the OCR season is pretty much June to September. And that's it. Wow. Okay. That was a problem with triathlons too. Like triathlons. The first triathlon was in June. The last one was in, in the first week in September. So, and that was 
that was the whole season. So if you, and there was only like every other weekend, you might be able to find a triathlon. It was maybe six or seven options throughout the year. And that was it. Wow. I feel like here, you know, in, in the kind of in the Northeast, there are so many different triathlon options and even OCR. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of Savage, um, I deferred Savage PA for the second year in a row. I really liked that race. It was just three weeks after my injury and talk about like the kind of sports injury psychology stuff. One of my close friends um, that I trained with and that um, really helped. <laughs> I wish you'd make me that chili again. It was so good. <laughs> um, she made that when I first hurt myself and she asked if I wanted to go to the race and I was like, no, I don't no, I don't know. I don't really want to go. And it was about 10 o'clock the night before. And I sent her a text and I was like, she's totally going to be sleeping. Um, which of course I don't sleep the night before a race. Cause I get that yep. fun race anxiety, but, um, but I decided to go and it was really awesome. Cause I got to see my whole team race and take pictures and cheer for them. And so there were, there were 30 seconds here or there. And I was like, man, I really want to do sawtooth, but I can't, but I, you know, so I was, I got to, to be with my team, even though I couldn't race, which is, I think what it's all about, you know, that's part of, part of all of this. It is. And when I broke my foot, I ended up because I, I broke it, um, pretty much right after Montana in 2016, broke it, um, at work. And then in August, that was the, the Portland Spartan race. And so I went up and I actually just volunteered with street team, um, for the whole race. So I couldn't race cause my foot was in a full boot. Um, but then two weeks later I went to Hawaii and raced, but you know, whatever there's pictures, there's great yeah. pictures of me with my foot and a full boot all the way up to my knee doing Spartan, doing a Spartan race. And I tell everyone, I'm like, I asked my doctor, can I do this? And they said, you can walk on it. Just don't land on it. Cause it was in a walking boot. All right. And then I came back from the race and the doctor's like, I don't think I understood what you were asking because he <laughs> looked at the, the boot was wrecked. I still have it. It's got huge gouges in it you know the like air pockets were full of mud because they had popped wow. in the middle of the race and i mean it was just yeah they, he's like i don't think i knew exactly what you were asking he's like because if i would have known what you really did there's no way i would have agreed to this <laughs> wow so my doctor my my spine doctor knows all of what i do and actually mm -hmm. i texted him in the er with my wrists because when you fall really hard right it knocks the wind mm -hmm. out of you and so i was like oh my gosh it is my, and my back not going thank god my back has has been fine just you know sore and achy but i didn't i didn't injure myself so he knows all the crazy things i do and so does my sports medicine doctor and they also know that it's my goal to get back to that and my pt who's amazing so if you don't have a good medical team like you need to find the right people yeah. um i've been really lucky to with the the team that i have are just um just really awesome but um i did um so my i um have you heard of bone frog so bone frog yes. is northeast. Yes. So um so I can tell you all about bone frog, but so my coach now owns one of the owners of bone frog. Oh wow. Um so I'm I don't have my jersey on, but I'm part of bone frog team now. Um and our gym, you have to come see it is is phenomenal. But um, so bone frog, uh, I had just been cleared to run again. So what I did wasn't very smart because then my legs hurt like for like a week, but I decided I was going to go and just run with my team, but not do any obstacles. So that's what I did. And I had an absolute blast, but then again, 
my legs hurt for a week. And I was like, duh, you haven't run in two months. And now all of a sudden, um, but it was amazing just to be there. Same thing, just to be there with my team, with my brace on, um, you know, actually I have to wear the brace every time I run until like a year, but but with my brace on, I couldn't do an obstacle, but I could um, run and cheer for people. And it was amazing. So, um, and now we'll and have um, four or five races next year. So we'll have a bunch more on the East Coast. So you'll have to come out and visit us. And that was one thing too. When I, I moved here, it was made it so it's like, oh, I can go to the East Coast now and get some of the other races. And there's more races that come here, partly to looking at that there's what, four Ironmans, I think in Texas. And yeah. a lot of things that I've looked at too, is everyone's basically, cause when I went, cause I have a bike that I had never had it fitted yet. So when I got down here, oh, I wouldn't had it fitted. Um, which is funny too. Cause when I had it fitted, the guy's like, I told him how much I paid for it. And he's like, did you like stab the guy when you took it? Cause that's worth way more than that. And I'm like, well, he was a nice guy apparently. So yeah. So I have a S works specialized S works that I paid $1,100. Nice. I paid $1,100 okay. for it. And the guy's like, wow. and he gave you the other tires too. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, I could sell this tomorrow for four grand. And I'm like, well, you're not going to just make it fit me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but it's one of those things moving down here. I look at, you know, how many races there were down here and all that. And it just, I love it. I, I, I found out that like in Houston, it's supposed to be like, this is what a lot of people say is the uh, triathlon capital pretty much really? of the U S okay. there is so many triathlon groups. You can hit a triathlon pretty much any weekend all year round. Yeah. Like you oh, look wow, at the calendar. So, um, the only time actually what's funny is June to like August is the only time that you, they, that's hard to oh, find. Yeah, it's too hot. Yeah, yeah. It's too hot, which is funny. Cause down in Washington, up in Washington, it was June to September was the only time they had them. But because it's the only time it was hot enough. And even then, you did not do a triathlon in Washington without a, a wetsuit. See, and I never, um, I hate, well, most people don't like wetsuits. I hated wetsuits. I mean, if it was below maybe 65, I would, but I, um, no, I, I'm not a wetsuit fan, but uh, that's Washington awesome. lakes don't get above 65. Yeah. Like ever. I did one of them where I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. It was a sprint. And I'm like, oh, I don't need, I'll be fine without the wetsuit. Like the beginning of September, halfway through, I was shivering to the point that I'm like, I might have to go get get on one of the kayaks. And I'm like, no, I think I'm going to go for it. And I finished it, but my, I was wrecked afterwards because I was just shivering so bad. And I'm like, oh, guess I should have wore the wetsuit. Yeah. 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 It gets cold. It's weird. But you know, down here, I mean, there's a lot of triathlon groups. My biggest thing right now, I'm trying to find an indoor trainer because I want to get used to my bike because I'm not used to the, the arrow position. So, and that one's yeah, set to be an arrow because my other bike is a, a lay. So it's a road bike. So yeah, my wife's getting really upset with how many bikes I have, but yeah, I just hide them in the garage. <laughs> I never was able to do the arrow because of my spine. So yeah. um, I always had to have a regular road bike instead, but it, it's uh, when I first got it, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but then once I had it fitted, it changed a lot for me. So I, I think I can do it. It's just a matter of getting the, the seat time. And that's kind of, like I said, why I want to get the indoor trainer, but I want a smart trainer. Cause I like to know I, I'm a numbers guy. I like to know that, but smart trainers are expensive, but they are expensive, but they're really cool though. I, um, yeah. I used to go to, uh, where I got my bike fit done, Gresh fit. He had trainers in his gym and the, the swift trainers right um mm -hmm. the, they're the smart trainers and they were a lot of fun and we would just have our workout set for the night and we did it together just like we were out on the road it was kind of awesome so 
I bet there's probably even a group like that that you could train with there that would be even more fun to might do. Be. It might be. Yeah, because yeah. I want to just I want to get that seat time in my bike. But the problem that I run into, like where I live, there's not very there are some places around here if I drive to them, but like right by my house, I'm out in the woods a little bit. So the roads aren't really good to to ride the bike. I feel like I would, yeah, get hit. Not a road bike. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good place for riding right, the road bike. But and the one I don't have is a mountain bike. I want to get one next. But every time I say that, my wife gives me that dirty look like, why you want to spend more money? I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> no. not a cheap sport. No, it's not. It's not. But I, I, it's so much. And like I did OCRs for years and everyone's like, why would you switch? It's not that I completely switched. I just wanted another, a new challenge. And I think part of that was, is the fact that we just had the two race brands in Washington. And I'm like, it's the same races over and over again. You know, I want something yeah, I mean, new. I, I would think that would get old. Yeah. I mean, I think we're, we're lucky here, even the, the triathlon community, even the open water swimming um, so because of my spine stuff, short, short story is just that my neck is to the degenerated to the point where swimming just isn't working. Cause you know, <laughs> bilateral breathing, you kind of need to turn your head quite a lot. So, um, so I stopped doing that, but, um, there's such a big open water community up here. My favorite, uh, open water swim was, um, a 10 K in the Hudson in New York, but with the current. So it was like, you're flying for two hours. It was awesome. Well, that sounds um, awesome. It was amazing. It was my favorite. They actually haven't had that race again, um, but they have other New York open water stuff. But um, yeah, and then we have a lot of the um, a, a lot of the other races. Although I tend to injure myself at Rugged Maniacs, I think because there's a big crowd, so I probably won't um, do that. But we have a lot of other race options around here. So yeah, you definitely have to come visit here. So the the one oh, thing I for sure will the swim was, the, and that was another reason why I did it was because I'm a horrible swimmer. And I kept saying, I'll never do a triathlon because I can't swim. And finally it was like, well, then I guess now I kind of have to do it. Cause I keep saying the reason I won't do it is because I can't do this. And well, yeah, I can, I just need to work at it. So, um, the very first one I did, I did a sprint, no training, no, nothing had like a, uh, you know, a commuter bike, but it was a sprint. It was seven, you know, a, a 14 mile bike ride, you know, 700 meter swim, whatever. Um, but I went out there and I, I, I swear I almost drowned, but it was one of those, I figured out really quickly that there's a difference between like not drowning and swimming. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm really good at not drowning, but I suck at swimming. So, so I got a friend to help me and start working on it. And then when I did the, my second Ironman, um, which was sucks that I wrecked the bike, but while I was going for the first like five or 600 meters, I was dying. I just could not, my breathing was off because I have asthma. So if my breathing goes, I'm in trouble. So I pulled over. I'm like, okay, I just need to stop for a minute. Went over to one of the kayaks, said I just need to hold on for a minute, catch my breath, calm myself down. And the second I calm myself down, you can like watch my, look at my Garmin watch and you can see the spot. Cause all of a sudden I stopped for a minute and then suddenly it was like just perfect. And I, once I got that breathing under control and that's like, okay, that's my problem. I just need to get that breathing under control in the water and I'm good, but that's still where I run into a problem. If I start, you know, the only one I, I I've besides the Ironman, I've DNF Ironman twice, both times because of the bike once. Cause I wrecked the other time because I just didn't, I, I, I had the wrong bike and I didn't try, I didn't train correctly. Yeah. So, and I learned from that one, trained correctly for the next one and then wrecked, but stuff happens but the only other one i dnf'd on an olympic because 
the swim. I went through the swim, had someone basically when the sprint went, I was one of the last swimmers on the, the Olympic. When the sprint left, the guys like swam over me. Yeah, I've had that happen. It's scary, right? Yeah. And the second I went underwater and sucked in water, my lungs went and they were done. And, you know, I had started having an asthma attack. I finished the swim, came out of the water. My wife said it's the first time that like I scared her because I'm looking at her and I'm doing the motion like mm, I need the inhaler, you know, and she's like in 20 years of marriage, I've never done that. And I'm like, I need it now, you know, with, I couldn't say it though. Cause I couldn't breathe. So she gave it to me. I took a couple of squirts and took off on the bike thinking I could do it, but it was just, you know, they even like, they radiated ahead and said, Hey, there's a guy coming through. That's going to have, that's a medical issue, but he's going for it. And they're like, yeah. And I got to a point and I'm just like, no, I can't, you know, my lungs were done, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that you live and learn though. I, I, I had a long problem for a long time when I DNF'd, it was like the worst feeling. Like I posted on both all three times I've done it. I'm like, my day's over. I'm fine. I don't want to talk about it. You know, cause you have those friends that are following you. Yeah. And like, I don't want to talk about it. Um, and it took me a long time to get to the point where it's like, okay, it happened. It's over. It's done with. How do you fix it? How do you fix it yeah. for the next time? You know, rather than focusing so hard on, you know, and I mentioned earlier, like the, the mistakes that I made, it's like, yes, but if you learn from those mistakes, you can take something from it. And I think that's the hardest part mentally is to get past the, the, I worked so hard and I trained so hard. And then this happened, you know, I wrecked on the yeah. bike, you know, or on, you know, the, the first year, I just didn't train hard enough on the, the, you know, the, the bike that I had, I'd ridden it twice. You know, and then I went for 54 miles and it just, yeah, the bike had issues that if I had trained on it a couple more times, I would have noticed them and been able to fix them. And it's like, okay, I learned ride the bike more, get used to it, learn what you need to do on it. And that's the hardest part, I think, is when things like this happen is learning like, what's next? Yeah. How do, how do I fix I it learn? for later? Right. What can I learn from it? And then always like, I remember from the beginning, uh, everyone saying like nothing new on race day, right? Like trust your training mm -hmm. and like, it don't do anything different in your race that you didn't do in your training. And so, you know, that's one of the things that we learn. And, um, yeah. And I, you know, somebody had called my, what happened in Palmerton, a DNF, and it really offended me. I was like, I feel like DNFs are different than like, you fell and shattered your wrist in four places. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's the, uh, I was too injured. Uh, somebody was like, I would have kept racing. I was like, I've kept racing with busted up knees, bleeding, sprained wrist. I couldn't, you know what I mean? I was like, there's at some point you can't keep, you can't keep racing. But um, DNF is that there was a, a swim, the Great Chesapeake Bay 4.4 miler. Um, and really the current changed earlier. They, they were going to move, move the race up a half hour earlier and they didn't. And I was swimming into the current for a half hour. I don't know how I just kept, and, and they pulled about 85 of us out of the water. So it wasn't like I didn't make it. I was the one, but I was so disappointed in myself and my, um, my mom was there. My friend was kayaking. I was like, just text my mom and tell her to go home. Like I had no concept of how long I'd been in the water because I was so disappointed in myself because I'm like, I could, I could, I trained for this. I can do this. And, um, you know, we're so hard on ourselves, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of like, right, what did I learn from it? And then that's the kind of the growth that comes from it as, you know, the mental, the mental aspect in addition to the physical, because it's all mental, right? It is. Um, and it there's so much of this is mental. And I think that's what I've learned most over the years. You can push your body well past its limits. 
but you've also got to understand too, like you said, there's times where, okay, I can't push past this. If I push past this, the, the chances of me injuring myself even more is greater than the want to finish. And that's where I've had problems in the past where I'm like, oh no, I'll be fine. I can just keep going. And now I'm like, mm, nope, I need to step back, you know, and, and stop for a minute. And that's been the hardest thing for me is to say, you know, maybe it's time to not, you know, I, I had this goal. I knew what I wanted, but it's not going to happen. I need to adjust. And I think that's the hardest thing as you get older to try and understand that I need to step back because if I keep pushing, I'm not going to be able to race next month. I'm not going to be able to do this race because I'm going to hurt myself to a point that I won't be able to, you know, and you yeah. got to think ahead to more than the race that you're looking right at. But I know I can push myself. I mean, I remember the first year that I, I finally finished the trifecta weekend in Hawaii. I was wrecked. <laughs> After the beast, I had major issues because we were there for a week before the race. I didn't wear shoes for a week because I'm in Hawaii. Why would I wear shoes? You know, that's the first thing I do right. when I get to Hawaii, my shoes go off and I'm barefoot the entire time I'm there, except for race day. So I'm barefoot for a week. And then all of a sudden a race day comes, I go to put my shoes on. Well, when you're barefoot for a week and everything else, your feet swell. Yeah. And my feet were swollen to a point. My shoes didn't fit. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I'm going to do it anyway within two miles into the beast. I'm getting blisters. I'm getting, I'm like, but I'm doing anyway. By the time I finished my feet they they would just tore up. So the next day I'm like, well, I can't even, I couldn't put my shoes on yesterday. There's no way I'm gonna be able to do it today. So I had to put on my normal, like everyday shoes because they were bigger and I could loosen oh up the, the laces and did the, the super. And by the time we finished, I'm looking at my friend, Nick, and I'm like, I can't, there's no way I'm going for a sprint. He's like, okay, well, you know, let's talk, you know, you know, everything like that. And the next thing I know, I'm standing in the start line. Like I said, I wasn't doing this. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever, dude. <laughs> so, and we went right. through it, but then it was like, you know, as we're going, it's like, I skipped like every water obstacle and everyone's like, why? And I'm like, cause my feet were literally bleeding. I'm not getting in that water no. because you, if we, if you want MRSA, that's how you're going to get it, you know, but it's like, yeah, no, yeah. no. So, but but it's just one of those things. It's like, I know I can push, but then it was like for the rest of the trip, like my wife, the next day is like, Hey, let's go out for dinner. I'm like, I can't walk. I'm like, doesn't matter what you put on my feet. It's, it's not going to work. I can't walk barefoot. I can't walk with shoes. My feet were so messed up. And it's just like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. You know, we do horrible things to our body, but it's, so you learn. Yeah. Yes. I but learned... you said that water, I mean, you know, I, you know, when you break bones and you go to the ER, um, I was still, I mean, I, after I had my surgery the next day, um, I had somebody help me like wash my hair and stuff. I was like, you don't understand. I just, the dunk wall, right. I just, we did the water crossing the dunk wall right before beater, right before I was like the last water I was in was that water. And my, by the time, you know, you can't call your friends. I was able to get the medics to get my bag out of the um bag check so I could at least call her when I got to the hospital because she's super fast so she was done way before I was going to be done anyway and um by the time she came there got my car key went back and um I was like can you can you help me get my shoes off she's like you still have your wet shoes on I was like yeah I have my wet shoes and my wet race clothes on it's so disgusting um but we don't think about that when you're going in the water yeah. it just was like later on I was like this is this is disgusting. Yeah. 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 So gross. 
it is and it's one of those things that cracks me up because like doing you know triathlon stuff everyone was surprised when i decided to like my biggest problem on a race the one obstacle that gets me every time is the dunk wall i have to talk myself into going under the dunk wall because it just i look in that water and i'm like oh yeah and i don't like any water i can't see into see down into like i can swim in a pool fine i'm totally fine because i can see everything you know, but when I can't see, and that's the hardest part when I'm swimming. And I think why I start having panic attacks, because when you're swimming in a lake, you're just looking into the darkness. Yeah, you can't see anything. And you can't see anything. And it's just like, oh, and then it's was even worse. The last one I did, there was, it got to a point where it was so shallow that the, the seaweed was touching you. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. So that's, yeah. it's like my biggest that. thing. I, it's like, if I could just do a, the triathlon and do the swim in a pool, I'm fine. But I mean, there are cool triathlons, yes. but the more you, you know, the more open water practice you have. I mean, I, I was never fast, but I was a strong swimmer, but I never, um, I actually kind of liked not being able to see <laughs> what was in the water. The dark water didn't, uh, didn't bother me. Uh, it was when I could see the things that were moving, I guess that bothered me sometimes, but, um, and see, I'm a horror movie fanatic. So, I mean, I don't know if you can see the poster behind me is, yeah. you know, but I, I'm a horror movie. I love horror movies. So, and just every time there's water something comes out of it so it's just like yeah it's like i'm swimming in there and all i can picture in my head is every horror movie i've watched and what's down in that water and i'm like yeah this is not good so <laughs> when, have... when meg that meg movie came yeah. out i was like i'm not gonna watch it until after open water season is over because i don't want to freak myself out yeah and that's it it's like and you'd be surprised some of the stuff like lilo and stitch we all watched lilo and stitch once right before a a triathlon and i forget about there's a part where like jamba comes out of the water and grabs stitch from underneath and i'm like oh great so now the whole thing i'm just expecting this <laughs> alien to come up and grab me so something's under me yeah yeah it's a weird things that go through our brain when we're when we're going through those and like it like it's the coming back from injury i think the biggest thing as you mentioned earlier is the fear you, you have the fear is like, is it going to happen again? This has happened once. Am I going to fall off beater next time and, and do it again? Am I going to, you know, for me, it was actually, um, I slept off the one year, um, just the monkey bars and landed wrong and my knee twisted. You know, I finished, I wasn't too bad. I was able to, you know, the next day I put a brace on cause I, I have a stack of braces cause my knees are both bad. But, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm 45, both my knees are racked, but, um, so, I mean, but it's just one of those things. So every time I'm on there and I'm looking like down, like, okay, how far is the drop? I mean, how, how much is it going to be? And then when I was three ten doing the races, I had a bad habit of dislocating my shoulders on the, my, my left shoulder on the, the hanging obstacles. So I would be worried like, oh, am I going to, you know, if I do it once now I'm going to have a problem the rest of the race. Because every once it pops out, it's you know it takes a, a couple weeks for it to heal, where it won't do it again. Yes. You know, so and of course I do what you're not supposed to. I I teach first aid, and I'm like never put your shoulder back in. That's what I do every time. But <laughs> we never do what we say, what we tell everyone not to do, right? But you know, it's just and now I have that fear every time. Even when I was smaller, when I lost the weight, I still had that fear. Like, am I gonna? Is my shoulder gonna be able to handle holding my weight? And I'm like. You know, I'm 180 compared to 310. Of course, it's going to hold. But you just have that, you know, whenever you have an injury now, you know, for me, it's ladders. Every time I climb a ladder, is it going to give way and smash my foot again? You know? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, and how do you get through that fear? You know, I guess um, I, I'll keep you posted when I'm allowed to start climbing things. But, you know, um, definitely, you know, because I, 
I did the New York sprint, you know, the month before and, um, I can never get the spear throw. I need your help, Mike. I still can't get the spear throw. I'm always like two inches, you know, but other than that, I got, I, I completed every other, every obstacle. And so I was like, so proud of myself. And so like, I know, I think that's the frustrating part, right? It's like, I know I could do it again. I mm -hmm. was reaching for the, the bell. Like, I know I could do the obstacle, just something's happened out of your control sometimes. And yeah, that fear of, um, like, I want to try it again. My friends are like, you're not going to, no, my non OCR friends are saying, you're not going to do that obstacle obstacle again. I'm like, sure. I won't do it. Will I, you know, cause I would love to try it again. I think if there is water or something under it, I will try it again. But if it's just the ground, um, because beater is higher up than the regular monkey bars. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot more. And as you're swinging for momentum and your legs aren't under you, there's a pretty, pretty big fall. Um, my, my doctor sent me for a DEXA scan for bone density as we have get when we're older, I had one before and after my spine surgery. And she's like, we should have, have it done just to have it done. But she said, I think anyone would have broken their bones with that fall and with how, how far you fell. So, um, so hopefully there'll be water or something. I was like, there's hay under the A-frame cargo. Nobody falls yeah. off of that. Yeah. And there, there <laughs> so used to be on some of them. Hopefully next time there will be, um, but under the regular monkey bars, I don't think there usually are, but again, if you drop, you're not dropping very far. So, uh, so we'll just have to see. I just would love to, at class tonight, I always just, I love climbing the rope. It's one of my favorite things. So I just would like touch it and wrap my foot, but like in a few months, I'll be able to do this again. So there's some things that, um, I'm excited to get back to. And, and I think the, the obstacle will be the mental hurdle. Cause I know that physically I can get there and you can physically get there, right? We can definitely do it. We, we know we've done it before. And, um, you know, I like the, the definition of resilience is that we're not, you're not bouncing back because that person isn't there anymore. Cause you're, you're different. I'm different than I was a few months ago before this happened for sure. So, um, so I'm not bouncing back. I'm kind of moving towards something even different, you know, hopefully even greater. So physically I can do it. Um, it's just going to be the mental hurdle and, uh, and we'll get there. Right. We'll get there. And I think that's it. It's always that mental hurdle. I mean, cause I mean, I can think of so many, cause I've done, I think I've done over 60 Spartans now Wow! since 2015. Um, and I've had multiple times where I've had not major injuries, but enough that it, it caused a problem. I have a scar on my, my wrist from the, uh, uh, in, or what is it? The slip wall. I slipped. I and when I landed, wall. the, the rope was in between my, my arm was in between my chest and the rope. And as I slid down, it literally cut into my wrist enough that like it left oh the scar. Gosh. So, but then for the rest of the race, my right hand was toast. I could not do anything with it. I mean, it did not work, but you know, I finished the race, but then like the next race, I'm like, okay, I've, I need to do this. I need to do the slip wall and, you know, got to a point where I got, you know, comfortable enough on it that I've had a couple of times where I've helped another person where me and another person went up on the side of someone and used our feet for them to step on so they could go up it. So, I mean, it's kind of one of those things we learn from, from them, especially when they're a minor, but when it's a major injury, like, you know, what you got and, you know, some of the other things, you know, like for me, what's funny is I, I say I wrecked on the Ironman. I fell over really is what it was, but it's still wrecking. You still, it's fall. still wrecking. I, I was going up a hill the, the, the chain jumped. And when it did, I lost all momentum and I couldn't get clipped out quick enough. 
So when I went over, I hit straight on my shoulder and my shoulder dislocated. Um, so I say I wrecked, but I mean, and you get most people like, well, that's just falling over. It's like, until you've done it, it's not just falling over. It hurts. You know, like I said, it hit hard enough that my shoulder dislocated and my knee popped. So, I mean, it, it hit hard, but after that, I had a fear for a long time. I couldn't leave my feet clipped in if I hit a hill. Like if I yeah. went to a hill, yeah. immediately right before the hill, my feet were coming clipped out and I was flipping because I, I I made sure I have the the pedals that I can flip over and, you know, yeah. pedal normally yeah. without yeah. being clipped in. Um, so I had a total fear for a long time and it took me a while to break that fear and be able to, you know, pop, leave my, my feet clipped in. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things is coming over that fear after an accident or an injury or, you know, something like that, you know, even just a close call, you know, of helping and figuring out how to do it and not get injured and still have the, get the, you know, the mental fortitude to go for it. And I think that also kind of steps into life in the same way, you know, you know, when we're looking at life and, you know, eating the, back to the very beginning and eating disorders and alcohol abuse and everything like that, you know, and, you know, drug abuse and everything else comes back from that, you know, trying not to do it is getting over those mental hurdles of how do I keep myself from going back to it? Absolutely. And, and, you know, a big part of that too, is the, like the community that we have in OCR and triathlon. I mean, that's what it's about. And I, um, some Saturdays I, I help lead a support group for the National Alliance for Eating Disorders. They offer free support groups. And, you know, one of the things I always talk about is the is community, right? It's your recovery community. And I always talk about asking for help because I'm like, you don't just have to ask for help now. You're going to need help the rest of your life. Like my sister coming over to help me clean and wash my sheets and, you know, my friends help, you know, um, you're always going to need to ask for help. And so that community um, that you have in your early recovery and and those days will be there for you through uh, throughout all of it and so you know the sports community um, I got in a little I wasn't arguing it was somebody arguing with me that said they didn't like sports and I was like that's interesting tell me more about that um, mm -hmm. and I forget their reasoning but I really said you know um, I find the these communities to be so inclusive and so supportive. And, you know, when I started running to train for this half marathon, I'm doing run walk intervals and I still will. Um, and I didn't expect my running group to do that with me and pace with me. Cause I'm not it, on my best day. I'm not a fast runner. I never will be. Mm -hmm. Um, and they have been doing it the whole time because that's what we do together, right? We lift each other up. And so going back to whether it's recovery from an eating disorder, substance use, injury, chronic illness, you know, we need that community, um, it, yeah. without it, you know, uh, and that's why I still show up to class and, and do what I can do in the workout because I need to be around my people. Cause if not alone in this head, it's not always a good thing, you know, no. and, uh, you know, and, and they, you know, um, I moved into this place a year, a little over a year ago and, um, had a relationship end and my OCR team, <laughs> I was like, if you need to move, it's nice to have strong friends, um, not just physically strong, but, you know, they all kind of rallied around me and supported me and helped me. Um, and I do the same for them, right? That's what we do, mm -hmm. um, you know, not just on course and, and at the gym, but in life. Um, uh, yeah. And that's why I, one of the reasons I love it, you know, I love it so much. So I, I have a lot of people that I call family 
that I've met through OCR that, you know, and I've met so many people that were struggling with, you know, addiction and stuff like that. And OCR and the community have helped them get out of it. Um, I think the hardest part for me and actually what's really weird is when I lost all the weight was I almost felt more alienated because what ended up happening was once I got to a point where like, I mean, my first marathon I did right before my 40th birthday, I'm like, I'm doing a marathon before I turned 40. And then I was 310 pounds, like, uh, I'm doing it anyway. And it took me nine and a half hours, but I finished it. When I lost all the weight, I went and did one in four, 440. Wow. You know, um, and that was like my best. But all of a sudden I got to a point where I was not fast, but faster runner. So a lot of my friends didn't want to go run with me because they felt like, oh, well, you, I'm going to be slowing you down. And I'm like, if I didn't want to stay with you, I wouldn't ask you to run with me, you know? And that was the hardest thing. I almost felt alienated to the point where people were like, oh, you know, you're faster now. So you're, you're above us. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm still one of you. Just when I'm by myself, I run faster. But when I'm with you, we're a team and we still run together. And I thought that was amazing when you're talking about like, you know, how your running group, they're like, oh, nope, we're pacing yeah. with you, you know? And that was, I mean, that's, that's what this community is all about. It's not about, it is. you know, what you're saying that was exactly the reason why I would, I never, I always ran by myself because I didn't want to slow people down. And, um, there's a run in Harrisburg called the capital 10 miler. It's the beginning of April. And a lot of people use it. Like I've used it to train as like one of my training runs for my half marathon, mm -hmm. but it's just a really cool run. And so one of my, my friends, Cassie, that I run with, um, she was, she ran with me and I was like, listen, uh, she was like effortless. She, and I was like, I'm slowing you down. And it was really that same conversation. She's like, no, I told you I'm running this with you. So we're running it together. Um, and then I really got it kind of what you're saying. Like, no, she's making the choice because she wants to run with me. She doesn't care what the time is. Yeah. Now, when we get to race day in, uh, in a few weeks, they're running the marathon. I'm doing the half, which is cool because then I'll, I'll get to be at the finish line <laughs> to see them mm -hmm. all cross. Um, for the full marathon. And, you know, my hope is that I can PR by a couple of minutes just because I'm, you know, returning from returning from this injury. But um, yeah, that that really that big support um, of the team is really awesome. And um, I never experienced that. I wasn't I mean, I played softball in high school, but or junior high, but I was never an athlete. My first 5k I did when I was 39. I think it was 2014. So yeah. Um, so I had never done, did any of this because people with um, scoliosis back then were told not to engage in a lot of exercise. Now we know the opposite is true. But um, so when my sister started doing triathlon, I was like, oh, we, we can do that. And so, so I started also um, and then discovered talking about like riding the bike. I didn't know how to, I didn't remember how to like do the gears or anything, adjust anything. So I'm going up my first hill and somebody's like, okay, now you can, you know, move up. I was like, what? There's, there, there's a woman, I don't even know telling me how to like ride my bike. How cool is this? Uh, mm -hmm. Or even swimming. Like you said, I could swim not to drown, but I didn't know how to really swim. I taught myself breaststroke. And then it was a coach saying like, Hey, you might want to learn how to swim freestyle if you're going to keep doing this and then showing up and having somebody show me how to do it. So um, you know, I think a lot of people with injury or chronic illness stay away from exercise because they're afraid of it. Um, 
But if you, you know, my hope always is that I can bring more people to it, to whatever extent they can do movement, you know, to find something that brings you joy and a group that, that supports you. Like, that's why we're here, right? It is. And I think what a lot of people have is they have this thing. I mean, because you see on social media and all this stuff, people are like, oh, these people are going to the gym, not knowing what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. That's a very minor bit of the the, the gym population. Most time when yeah. you go to the gym, one of two things, either the people are completely just oblivious, they're in their own world, they're doing their thing, or someone's going to be like, hey, do you need some help? Do you want this? And the, the nicest, especially if you go to like an OCR gym or something like that, I mean, everyone's there to help. You go to do one of these races, you know, like I said, I did the first, my first sprint. And afterwards I like post, I'm like, who wants to teach me how to swim? Cause this was horrible. They're like, well, don't you know? I'm like, I know how to like not drown, but I don't know how to, cause I grew up swimming in a river. So yeah. I had to swim for like 30 feet across the river <laughs> and that was it. So I never had to swim for distance ever. So, I mean, it's like, I was, my wife would laugh. She's like, you're a really strong swimmer for about 20 feet. And then it all goes, you know, my endurance goes to hell because I, I never had to go more than that. So, you know, it was learning how to do correctly and be able to sustain it, you know, and that was the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I feel like I could talk to you forever, but I know Don's yeah. already going to yell at me because I'm like, we're over, okay. well over the hour. So, oh, I um, the time. okay. Oh, it's been amazing talking to you. I mean, I, I, love, I, I love, you know, the, your, your take on things, you know, it's just the, the idea of the, the mental side of all this. And a lot of people miss that. They miss how much an injury can change us mentally, you know, and it might seem to them like something minor, but you know, even just enough of an injury that I can't move the way that I did you know, and I have to adjust for a while can, can change some things, you know, even if it only affects me for a couple of weeks, it can throw off your entire pattern, you know, and that's one of the things that a lot of people don't see. Absolutely. Really. It really can. And, uh, I was saying like, I was like celebrating every little win. Like it was like seven weeks later. I was like, Oh, I can wash my hair with two hands for the first time, seven weeks later, you know, just all the things, the, the ways your life is impacted that you don't even realize. So, um, and to, you know, have support um, along that journey is so important. And um, yeah, and just acknowledging that, like, when you have a major injury, or any injury, like you said, of any kind, like it, it for sure is going to impact you mentally, it just we should expect that. So like, if you have mm -hmm. somebody, um, somebody on your team, or one of your friends that has had an injury of any kind, expect that they're going to struggle mentally, they might not say it and just check on them more. Like I had some so many friends that would just text me all the time, like, how are you feeling? Are you okay? What do you need today? Um, and that helped me. And some people would say like, what, what can I do to help? And I would say, just ask me how I'm doing. That was one mm -hmm. of the biggest things um, in addition to like help with stuff, but like, ask me how I'm feeling. And I will tell you, um, I'm not feeling okay today or um, whatever's going on. So just, yeah. we need that. We do. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people, it's like one of those things, it's like, you, you get a lot of people believe, oh, I don't want to remind them about it. And it's like, we're reminded every time we move, you know, when I broke right, my foot, forgetting. you know, it, it's been seven years and every once in a while I'll take a step and I'm reminded about my foot, you know, I mean, I broke all five medical articles. My, my toes touched my heel. I mean, it was not Ooh, good. Oh my God. So, um, so I mean, it's one of those things I'll take a step every once and we like, oh yeah, I remember that. So it's not that we, we want to know that our friends still, you know, cause, and I think that was one of the big things when I first broke my foot was 
some people were like great and reached out and everything else and others it was just like oh well you can't race with me anymore and it's like oh but then all of a sudden once i was racing and they they wanted to talk again and i'm like well wait where the where have you been for the last two years you know and that's kind of one of those things is sometimes you feel like you're you're just left out there so yeah. yeah, that's one of the hard parts. I want to send you the link to my my orthofix video I mentioned, just because I talked about that, like when I wasn't able to do the things that riding my bike, swimming, that mm-hmm. I just felt really isolated and alone. And really, it was a really sad, dark time in my life. And I think reflecting back on that, I didn't want this to happen. So it was really mentally tough, but I wasn't alone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, the hardest part. Also, is to... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say that's the hardest part say... is not feeling alone. Yeah, not feeling alone. And that's why I kept showing up at the gym. And um, if your friends, if your racing friends are only your racing friends and not your real friends, then, you know, that's information too, right? You know, it is. Then they're just it your is. buddy on the race course and not like your real friend. So um, it's hard. It's hard when you realize that also. Um, yeah, I get it that. is. It is. But then you you find out who the real, you know, because yeah. like I said, I have a lot of people I call family that you know, I've Same. met through OCR and, you know, some people that I thought were family that after injuries and stuff, it's like, Oh, I, I guess not. So, you know, yeah. but I mean, it is what it is and people grow apart too. I mean, it's just kind of, it happens, but yeah. So yeah, it makes, I'll just say this, it made me really grateful that first, the first week, especially, cause I just, I literally couldn't do anything. And, um, you know, every time somebody did something nice for me or like cleaned my litter box for me, like I just would cry because I was so grateful. Um, and so that's, you know, um, and, and people want to help, right? Like I always want to help people. I know you do. So like just like, being mm-hmm. able to receive that help um is important also so yeah yes we could yeah. keep talking forever i'm excited to hear about how your your race goes next week mm-hmm. this weekend that's this weekend right it is it is like oh I said, I think this might air afterwards but yeah it's this weekend so um well good luck i can't wait to hear all about it um you're gonna crush it i'm excited that you're racing with more hearts and scars um uh yeah i'm excited to hear about it so um right. i'm sure we'll be talking and, and we'll definitely again. yes We'll definitely have to talk again because I mean I I would love to dive more down into some of the mental health stuff and everything else with you because I I feel like there's a lot more we could have talked about but yeah it's gonna be a long episode. <laughs> yeah, it's and okay. I, I yeah, feel like we'll you know we can come back on and talk again later. So thank you, Tammy. This was amazing, right. and um I can't wait to talk to you again. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Take All care. Right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet. Find us on Facebook, like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear.